I just want to thank you for listening. My mission is to help you improve your life with by faith, family, fitness, and to seek more freedom in every aspect of your life as well. So before we get started with our episode, I have a couple orders of business. Number one, the 40 Days of Deliverance registration opens this week. So sign up. It's really easy. I'll put it in my show notes. Just go to my new website, johngardina.com. And all you have to do is simply scroll down on the homepage to 40 Days of Deliverance and click I'm Ready. The next session will begin July 3rd, so sign up now. There's only 12 spots available. This program, it will truly help you to reset your soul, body, and spirit through discipline and obedience. You will also meet just amazing people around the United States and also around the world. Number two, if you're enjoying this show, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. It just takes a couple minutes of your time, and it helps me immensely to get connected with other people, and to share the message of the show. And most importantly, to bring people to Christ. Number three, if you haven't already ordered my book, go now to your favorite online bookstore and order Freedom to Ascend. Now, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Survival Rubber is the ultimate fire tinder. Swap out your fire plugs and fire rope. This sleek and familiar waterproof tinder package keeps the cotton and fuel combination dry and safe from the elements. It's ready when you need it most, whether it's for an emergency or just for camping. Get your ultimate fire starter now at survivalrubber.com or on Amazon. All right, welcome to the John Gardena Classroom. I have a special guest today that I literally just called on a whim. And the reason why is because he is a man. He is a man's man, and I had a column. His name is Josh Robertson. He was part of my 40 Days of Deliverance in January. He lives in Kentucky. Uh, he's a great father, great husband, and Josh, it's a great pleasure to have you on tonight. Hey, thanks for uh, the invite, John. I appreciate, it. I appreciate what you said there. Yeah, his connection is not great, so I hope... Um, God willing that you can hear him clearly, but I'm going to tell a story and I want him to interject. And this is why I called him. So, okay. This weekend I had a lot of projects. I did some baseball field work to working uh, at the country club to run hill repeats to get ready for the mid-state mile. Um, then I had a very um, difficult conversations this weekend with some, with some people um, take it, took a toll on me mentally and then I worked on a project in the backyard for my kids for a Ninja Warrior course. And I'm going to be honest with you, by the time Sunday night hit, man, I was wiped out. So I did something I haven't done in years. And that was actually wake up when my body allowed me to wake up. Okay. So I slept for 11 hours last night, Josh. And wow, <laughs> that never ever happens. It's usually maybe six and I'm always going, always going. So I, I go through the day to day. I was off today because we start our summer break, but we did a great family event out in the woods. And when we got home from my parents' house, um, I was dreading, I'm going to be honest. I was dreading doing all the trash because we, all this brush I cut up, my wife and I, 
I had to drag it all the way to the front yard. It was pouring rain out. I had to do the kitty litter. I had to do the bunny's cage. All these tasks to do, man. And then on top of it, I had to go get gas. I was all mad. It was 90 bucks to fill up. And then while, while I'm filling up, Josh, while I'm filling up, this lady, okay, pulls in literally with a flat tire to the brim and pulls up and I'm, I'm pouring, I'm pulling my gas in, pouring my gas in. And, uh, I just felt compelled by the Holy spirit. Go talk to her, go talk to her when you're done filling up your gas tank. So I filled up my gas tank. I went over there. I parked right next to her and I said, Hey, can I help you at all? She's like, no, I think my brother-in-law is coming. And I'm like, are you sure? She's like, well, you can try to get some air in there. I tried. And I started putting air in her tire and thank God it started to go in. It was at three PSI. I got it to 40 and I said, Hey, hopefully you can get home if you're not too far away. She's like, I live right down the road and I'm driving home. And I'm thinking to myself, how many men, how many men would actually go out of their way and, and just be able to assist someone who they don't know, no familiar background, and just say, hey, I'm here to just be a disciple to you. And as I'm driving home, it's literally maybe a half a mile from my house. I thought about what the definition of manhood is. And then I thought you popped in my head and I'm like, I got to do a podcast about what it is to be a man. And Josh Robertson came to my mind. So Josh, why don't you kind of tell people a little bit about your background? And then um, I know I really <laughs> led you into this great grandioso um, opening for you, but I tell you what, you always have stood out to me. And I never tell you this on a regular basis, but you are a, you're a man's man and for many reasons, but I want you to kind of explain who you are and why do you think I think that about you? So you got the floor, brother. All right. I appreciate that, John. Uh, so I've been hearing that phrase a lot, a man's man. I've had some, you know, guys that I work with that say that my wife has brought that up. She's, and I'm like, well, what, you know, what does that mean? Cause I, I don't consider myself a man's man. I, my definition of a man's pretty high. Uh, funny thing is, I wasn't even, my mother and my grandmother raised me, uh, but she, my mother made sure she put me around strong men yeah. that taught me, you know, a solid work ethic and how to be a servant. And um, I think most men would have seen that lady there and they probably just would have been like, for one, they may have not have known how to fix that tire. Secondly, it may have been too awkward for them, or they just would have been like, well, somebody else did get it because it's too easy as human beings for us to just be like, pass the buck, so to speak, somebody else to get it. I don't, um, so I, I think that speaks volumes that you, something was pulling you to go and be like, Hey, this lady's in need. Let me help her. Because most people are so paranoid nowadays of other people. They're scared of everything and they don't want to help their fellow man at all. They just say somebody else to get it. And that's how, in my opinion, that's how a lot of men live their lives. They're like, they go to work, they come home and they see things that need to be done. And maybe their spouse works, maybe she don't, but they just say, oh, somebody else to get it. 
I don't have to do it. I'm dog tired. I've paid my time in today. There's a lot of guys, and, and I try to speak life into some of those guys, and some of them listen. Some of them don't, but um, you can always do more than you think you can, you know? You can always push yourself farther. Like you said, Sunday night you were spent. Obviously, your body needed that rest. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. You know, like me, I get about five hours. If I get six hours of sleep at night, I feel like I could, you know, climb to the top of a mountain because I'm not used to that. So I just my, – my Hold on, brother. And I ain't always been like this, John. Something happened to me two years ago yeah. when I turned 40 that changed my perspective. I just lost me. Oh, you're good now. Hang on. I'm sorry. All right. Sorry. Do you got me now? Yeah. No, that's okay. Do you yeah, have me now? You said something happened two years ago when you turned 40. So let's start there. It's perfect. All right. So about two years ago, I just, I don't know what happened. I think the second half of my life is going to be better than the first half. And it's not that I had, I had a great childhood, but something happened to me two years ago where I was like, I have to make a change. I gave up drinking. Uh, I hadn't had a drop of liquor. This December would be three years. And that, like, I used to drink, like, it wasn't, it wasn't casually. It was like, I'm going all in. I recommitted my life to Jesus Christ. Uh, I started getting in contact. That had to do with, you know, just listening to different podcasts, surrounding myself with strong men, and then just cutting the fat off, cutting dead weight. And, of course, then I met you. I've seen a program that you did, the 40 Days of Deliverance. Uh, that brought even more discipline to my life. Now, since my birthday this year, I've slacked off a little bit, and I'm trying to get dialed back in. And I'm looking forward to the next session of 40 Days. But I think that the biggest thing is just a lot of times men, I think, look at things the wrong way. And they need to have – it really boils down to having a servant's heart. Yeah. Like, do you really want to – do you want to help people? And and sometimes it's hard to help people because we're human. We get our feelings hurt. We get burnt, so to speak. But at the end of the day, if I can push somebody to make them want to better their lives or be a better husband, better father, if I can provide – inspiration for that as much as I don't like that because I'm not into flattery yeah but as much as I don't like it if I can provide that for a guy or a man however you want to put it then okay I'm okay with that you know uh two weeks ago I had a buddy of mine tell me he said whether you whether you like it or not you're inspiring people That's he's it. like you you've seen he goes people around you are noticing what you're doing in your life, he said, and it's not because you're going around like, you know, look at me, look what I'm doing. He's like, your results and your actions are making people say, man, I want to be a part of that. And to be honest, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to add discipline to my life. I'm trying to do hard things and be consistent and just show up. That's what I'm doing. You know, well, that's, that's a hard thing for men. Let me be honest. 
a lot of men are cowards in the fact that they don't know how to show up to the arena of life. And the reason why they don't know how, I think, is they've never been taught how. That's my personal opinion, Josh. I think a lot of boys or young men really don't know how to act. And the reason why is they don't know who to follow. And the people they're following, um, it's a whole range of people, obviously. But if you want my personal opinion, they're just, they're out there living a comfortable life to where they're just existing and they don't have a purpose. So if you don't have a purpose in life, then you're just going through life. That's key. And you found that out when you turned 40. I really found that out maybe a little before my, I mean, I've always had a purpose in my life. I will say that I've been on the straight and narrow path pretty much my whole life, but you know, I just want people to realize you weren't meant to just be, you were all born with gifts to be great. And I've witnessed you personally, since I've known you to do phenomenal things. And what I, what my observation of you and while my thought popped in my head was, you know, you have how many children you have again? You have four. I have, I have three of my own and I have two bonus. Okay. So you have five, you have five children. You got a, yes, a loving wife and you, you wake up every day early between what? Three and four, somewhere in that time. Yes, sir. And you go work out. At, what was that place? The gym called something? Jungle Gym? It's called uh, Iron Jungle Family Fitness. Okay. Yeah. Giving yeah. the owner a plug here. Maybe he'll give me a discount. Nice. Yeah. Give him. Yeah. Give him some. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm going to read scripture here for you a second. And then I'm going to tell you um, a little bit of more about this topic of manhood for both of us to, to tell the men out there. This is from 1 Corinthians 13 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And I think what this resonates with me, this verse, is that the ways of childhood are a lack of responsibility. Okay, think of it growing up, right, Josh? When we were growing up, we... I'm talking like pre-teens years. You didn't have to worry about cutting the grass. You always had food given to you. You always were driven everywhere. You had really no responsibility. But through responsibility, okay, and the more you have, the more you become a man. Now, I'm going to shift to responsibility, but also the wisdom um, to know your, what you provide for a family. So once you become responsible, you tell me if I'm off on this, but once you become responsible and you, you have a wife, then you become a protector of her and the family. And then you, by your actions, speak to your wife and to your children of what they need to emulate, especially your boys, especially your boys. And, and then your, your girls, you want your girls to look at you as the husband they want to have. Okay. That's very yes, important. Sir. So tell me a little bit about what, 
what a man needs to be and how we could help men or boys become men. Well, so my take on that is, is that I want to touch real quick on what you said about, you know, guys being a lot of guys being cowards. I think a lot of men too play the victim. They think they've been dealt this, this bad hand in life or, you know, maybe they grew up in a home without a father or, you know, or however you want to take it, but they hang on to that their whole life instead of just saying, you know what, I got to drop this. I got to pull my boots up. I got to move on. So a lot of guys want to hang on to that victim mentality and they want pity. And um, I think as a, as a, as a family, man, you have to, I heard it said you have to lead from the front. Right. And I often say that I, I don't like taking time away from my family when I'm at the gym or I'm running but I have to do that because by me focusing on myself, bettering myself, they benefit indirectly because mm-hmm. I can be there for them. You know, what my kids, they, they've started working out and like doing stuff like just little calisthenics, you know, jumping jacks, air squats. They'll go out and run uh, because they see me doing it and they're like, oh, well, this is what we're supposed to do. You know, you, the man if he really steps into his true role, in my opinion, he sets the pace for his family. Yeah. And it's not, it's not about being controlling and you're, it's my way. We're going to do it this way. It's saying, Hey guys, this is the direction I think we need to go. And I'm going to show you the direction through my actions, because at the end of the day, nobody really gives two cents with what you got to say. They want to see results. Yeah. And you know, Yeah, Josh, I think that's what people are are witnessing of you is this transformation. People who, and I never knew you pre-40, but what I've witnessed through social media is that you send a consistent message, which is I'm showing up, I'm doing the best for my family, I'm making time for my family, and I'm being a responsible man for my family to see how I walk the walk and talk to talk. And that's what I love about you, Josh. So I think for everyone out there who wants to become a Josh Robertson, and it's, it wasn't maybe easy for you, but you had, you had the epiphany that, you know what, I'm not living my best life like this and I need to wake up. So how much better, what advice would you offer those who are probably either living in a stupor of maybe alcoholism or other drugs, or maybe just bad habits? What's the best advice you'd give them? The best advice for them, and and let me touch real quick, is you. it's not that you're not going to have bad days or uh, bad weeks. You just can't keep stacking those days. It's okay every once in a while to maybe feel sorry for yourself, but you can't drag that out over the course of years. And last week when you called me, you know, I was having I was having a day, we'll say, and I told my buddy, I said, John Gardine is calling me. He's like, oh, pick it up. He didn't even know who it was. Yeah. So, and you, you encouraged me. And, and I called, I called my wife. I said, Gardena just called me. I said, uh, I guess he knew I was getting a little sleepy behind the wheel. And I said, he just fired me up again. And she's like, oh, it's good. She goes, I'm glad to hear that. But uh, my, my opinion for a guy has to create discipline in his life. And I think that starts with, Pick a book up. If you just read two pages a day, start building a habit. It it doesn't even have to be a book. 
hey, if you like going hiking or you like fishing or, you know, riding your bike, you have to start somewhere where you're putting some discipline and consistency in your life to create a habit so you get over this pity party mentality, so to speak, you know, because if you don't have anything to shoot for, if you don't have any goals, like, what are you doing? You're just existing. Like, are you really showing up for your family? If you're just going to work, coming home, maybe you're irritated. Maybe you're just sitting on the couch. You're not really engaged. You know, like, I think being deliberate, being present, like, when you're with your family, that's important. Like, a lot of times I'm on my phone so much throughout the day at work. When I get home, I'll put it on silent and I'll just usually throw it on the bed or, you know, put it someplace else out of sight, out of mind. Because I want my kids to know, hey, I'm, I'm here. Let's talk about it. What do you got going? And sometimes, you know, you have days where that you don't always connect like that. But I think for a man to get himself out of a stupor, he has to find something that is, he's interested in. And he has to start building that discipline and that consistency. Yeah, I mean. And then it's going to rub off on his family. Yeah. I, no, I, Josh, I agree 100%. I mean. The formula is easy once you get it going. The hard part is to get it going. And I think right. people don't, they don't know how close they can be if they just get the ball rolling. So like for you, you perfect example, like you don't have to do a lot. You can just start with two pages a day of reading. Maybe it's just walking a mile a day, whatever it is. Right. But I do, I think you would agree with me that I think you need to do stuff for all three areas of your mind, your body, and your spirit, so that you have balance in all of those areas that God, that God designed us to have so that we can have wisdom, we can have physical strength, and, and we could also um, just be in, in tune with the Father so that we know how to emulate to our children and our wife of love. And I think that's one thing that... Um, I want to touch on real quick is, you know, when you say man and love, um, some people may say like, well, man, you know, you got to love nobody, right? It's like, that's, yeah. a, that's the biggest lie ever. A true man, okay, is dangerous, right? Physically, but he knows how to love and he's, he knows how to be gentle and he knows how to show such compassion, and care and service to others that that's a true man. It's not someone who's this brute who's throwing 400 pounds around the weight room for a five minute mile. It's a guy who has it all. And what I mean, like I said, it's a balance. It's being powerful, but yet being humble. So what do you think about that? Do you think that love is a key component of being a man? I guarantee it is. You got to have, um, you, there's nothing wrong, you know. There's nothing wrong with the man. You know what? Sometimes you got to cry it out. Yeah. And, like, I mean, and that's okay to be emotional because I think that lets, especially if you're around your family, it lets them know you're real family. You should be comfortable enough that you can communicate with them, hey, today's not my day. If you get a little emotional, that's fine. It shows them that you're real. And like, it, it, you know, a lot of guys are like, like you said, they just want to be tough all the time. I'm a, I'm a big hugger. 
And I, I mean, there's guys at work. Uh, there's one guy at work, man. Me and him have worked together for seven years. Every day we're at work, we give each other a hug. Awesome. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. nothing weird about that to me. Because mm-hmm. a hug, somebody might be having a bad day. You don't even know it. You can give them a hug and they're like, oh, you know, it's like, man, I appreciate you. You're like, you didn't know what that done for me or however. So I think it's okay for a guy to be in touch with his feelings. I mean, you don't, I don't think you want to be so in touch with them that you got to carry a mop bucket around, yeah. but, uh, you know, it, it's okay to, because to me, it shows your family that you're real and it's okay to have emotion and that they see all aspects of that emotion, whether you're happy, you're sad, if you're showing passion because you got, you know, something coming up, a goal that you've set that you want to achieve and you're, you're pushing towards that. So you're being passionate about it. And uh, I I think a lot of guys get that uh, misunderstood. They think they got to be tough all the time. And I I, I wasn't raised like, I don't believe that, honestly. I think you got to be in touch a little bit with your emotions so you can connect with people. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I think, um, you know, it's, we, we dug down deep, I think, just talking about what it is to be a man. Um, and I guess the last question I have for you, again, I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, again, I just called you on a whim and I, I just, I felt compelled to have a conversation about this um, to, to help other people. So the last question I have for you is um, when, when you are, dead and i know it sounds so <laughs> when you're old and you're gray and, and you die what would your kids say about you or your grandkids say about you that would make you proud what my what i hope when i'm laying in my box is i want my kids to say that they had a great childhood they had a father that loved them they had a father that they knew they could count on that put instilled work ethic in them that wasn't scared to stop whatever he was doing and love on them if they was having a bad day. And I want them to remember all the things we did together. Nobody's ever at a, at a memorial service saying, Hey, you remember that time, you know, dad bought us that TV. You remember that time this, you know, kids don't remember that. They, they remember the experiences. And I want my kids, even though they will probably, I know they'll be sad when that day comes. But I want them to look back and be happy on all the good times we had and the experiences that we run on and the adventures. And that's that's the legacy I want to leave. I want to leave a legacy of, uh, you know, just it's okay to love. Just get out there and love everybody, man. You ain't got to be weird about it. Just just love. Be a servant and, and try to be the best version of yourself that you can. That's perfect. Man, you're a good man. That's why I love you, Jeff. Some days. And I hope, I really hope you can make it down. I hope you can make it down to mid-state next weekend. Just even if you can a little bit. I know I'm coming through. I would be, I would love it. I got it. I got a nice place for you to, to help out while I, I grind. I'll be, I'll be the guy over there saying, don't talk about it, be about it. I'll be yelling at everybody. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> don't say anything <laughs> negative, John. You're doing great. You feel great. Get up that hill. I'll see you in 20 minutes or less. That's right. That's right. I love it, man. Well, hey, tell you what, uh, I know I pulled you away from your family, um, but I know that what you said today in our conversation is going to have impact for many years. And one day your children are going to listen to this and be like, man, I'm damn proud of my father or my, I'm real proud of my grandfather. 
So uh, this is going to resonate for, for many years to come. So I really appreciate your time, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you for the invite, John. I appreciate it. We got a lot of work to do, son. So I'll see you in two weeks. I'll see you in 40 days and less than a month. And let's get after it. Yes, sir. Let's go. All right, brother. Hey, everyone, this class is dismissed. <laughs>